0: This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland, I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset podcast. I hope you are well. It's lovely to be chatting with you again and I'm really looking forward to sharing today's episode with you. This episode with Kristin Cornette, who is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner and neural retraining specialist. This episode was fascinating as we did a deep dive into the impact of stress on health and wellness, including fertility health. Kristin focuses on identifying and addressing the root causes of illness and infertility and supports the body's natural ability to achieve healing and balance when provided with the right conditions. With advanced training in functional lab testing and interpretation, nutritional counseling and mind-body therapies, Kristin provides a whole person approach to health and fertility, which you are going to hear about in this episode. I love that at the end, Kristen includes lots of practical ideas on how to rewire the brain and body's stress response. And one I was very happy to hear her recommend is EFT. And you can hear more about this amazing technique by listening to episode 20 of the Fertile Mindset podcast. As well as learning about what EFT is and being guided through using it, on that episode you'll also hear me say that the doors to my membership, the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary, are closing. But the good news is that now it is always open to new members. So if after listening and learning about how helpful EFT can be for emotional support and emotional healing, you would like to then join us, then you can do that right now at fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary. It would be really, really lovely to welcome you into the sanctuary membership. Now, let's get on to today's episode to hear Kristin talk about the stress and fertility link. Hello, Kristin. Welcome to my podcast. How are you today? I'm well, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I was really pleased you accepted my invitation to talk and I'm really really interested to get digging into what it is you want to talk about um, because I think it's a fascinating topic Mm -hmm. and and yeah that's what we're all about on this podcast for sure the Fertile Mindset podcast Um, and before we get into all of that could you just tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do and and what you're passionate about.
1: Absolutely. So I am a nutritional therapy practitioner originally. That is my first certification. Uh, Since then, I've done a bunch of study and advanced lab testing. So I'm doing a lot of functional medicine work for one-on-one clients. Um, I have done some one-on-one or uh, online coursework in the past, but mostly I'm doing one-on-one work now with clients who are looking to try to conceive. And uh, we're really working from a nutritional perspective, from balancing hormones, looking at underlying reasons that couples are having trouble conceiving, really digging into that for both partners. Normally it's women who come to see me, but oftentimes we're bringing in the male partner because that's an important aspect of the trying to conceive journey. I think that's a little underrated as the, the male contribution Um, And so I'm very passionate about helping couples on this journey I'm really also passionate about the health of children and that was what originally brought me into this work is thinking about how children grow up with chronic health issues and thinking about what the place is to intervene in that process to change that to change that outcome for children and it's really focusing on preconception health for parents and a lot of people are struggling to conceive because of health issues that even if they were to get pregnant are going to impact the long-term health of their children and so that's really what what brought me into fertility work and what keeps me passionate about that to this day.
0: Yeah I I love that you're looking much further ahead there in, in what is the hopeful natural end result for everyone that we work with and that they do have their children um, and yeah, looking at their health as well is is the long term picture, isn't it? So I love that you you bring that into the picture. Yeah. So I know that you're really fascinated with um, the nervous system and stress and the impact that that can have. And yes. of course, at fertile mindset, I'm very passionate about that too. But I don't have. kind of training and knowledge that you do Um, so i'm I'm going to be fascinated to hear more from you about what impact stress really does have on us um, and specifically on our hormone function and fertility and so on Um, so yeah could you just introduce that kind of area to us in your own way because i think it would be very different from how i would talk about stress and you would have this this kind of deeper understanding of what's going on in the body
1: Yeah, sure. Happy to. So this is something that was a long time coming to me in my practice, as well as my personal health journey. I think that this is certainly an underrated area of health and wellness. I went through, I've gone through my own personal health journey. That's definitely part of what brought me here. Originally trying to conceive myself, struggling, realizing that I had all of these health issues that were affecting me and sort of putting that together in my mind, really without the knowledge to do that. I didn't really understand how all of my health issues were connected to my fertility, but I just intuitively knew that they were. So I've been down the functional medicine rabbit hole with myself. I've done all kinds Mm -hmm. of testing, you know, thousands of dollars, probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of protocols and looking into all these different things for myself only to really continue to experience some of the same symptoms and um, I it was sort of a happenstance how I came to be involved in and thinking about the nervous system for myself as well as for my clients. But I happened to come across some information that a fellow nutritional therapy colleague was posting in our um, practitioner Facebook group. And it was about something called dynamic neural retraining system. And basically how the limbic system of the brain can cause this sort of hypervigilance that Directs the brain to direct the body in a way that is not supportive of health. So I looked into that. Um, the program with the NRS was interesting. It was helpful for me, but it was also really challenging because it was basically trying to rewire your brain consciously, which you had to spend an, a full hour doing every single day for six months. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and as a as a busy practitioner and someone who takes care of people for a living, and somebody who takes issue sometimes with taking care of myself. I'm always kind of, you know, I have that history of prioritizing other people above myself. That was really challenging for me. And so um, I started to get interested in other ways that I could work on this, what I believed at the time to just be this like limbic system imbalance caused by past exposures, previous traumas, you know, thought patterns, beliefs, I didn't really have a lot of the knowledge yet to put all of that stuff together, but it really got me interested in looking into that. And then I found another nutritional therapy colleague who was doing something called MAP Method, which is what I'm now trained in, which is advanced neural retraining to reduce stress, address emotional trauma that impacts the body. So that's kind of the background of how I got into this particular work, this MAP Method neural retraining and stress reduction work that I'm doing now. But the reason that this is so important and through all of the research that I've done around this topic, having been introduced to it myself, I really discovered this whole field of psychoneuroimmunology, which is essentially the way that the nervous system directs the immune system and also directs the hormonal system. Um, I've heard some people say that it should be renamed to be psychoneuroimmunoendocrinology because the nervous system the endocrine system and the immune system kind of make up this one big super system in the body. And it starts with the nervous system's ability to sense what is happening in our environment, which could be internal or external, and then to direct these key systems of our body to function in a way that matches those external stressors or internal stressors. And so there can be a number of different cascades of events that happen as a result of emotional stressors. And those things could be long past, you know, the way that trauma imprints on our nervous system, imprints on our bodies, stores in our bodies can have a long-term effect on how we function. And so some of these things, people get really upset when you say like stress causes infertility or stress causes hormone imbalances, because it, it puts the responsibility for that stress on the person who's experiencing it. And people feel blamed and judged for their lifestyles. But really what we're saying is that stress can come from things that were outside of our control from childhood trauma. And when I say trauma, I don't just mean, you know, big things like abuse or neglect. It could be learned behavior patterns, not feeling seen or heard by a caregiver, experiencing bullying as a child, you know, having some, you know, abandonment in early childhood. Like, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful Um, MD who is doing some wonderful work in the area of trauma. And his mom had to give him to another caregiver. He was actually born during the Holocaust in Hungary. And he spent six weeks away from his mother. And just that separation time was enough to imprint trauma that affects him to this day in his seventies or eighties or however old he is now. So things like that, that can happen that have a long-term impact on how we function later and how our nervous system is programmed to respond to stressors in the environment.
0: That makes perfect sense. And yes, I I know what you mean when you say to someone uh, or the idea that stress could impact on fertility, it kind of adds more stress often as well, you know, as it kind of builds on it, doesn't it? Whereas if we look at it as all of these things happen to people and we're not in control of what happens to us in our life um, and definitely not in control as a child, you know, how we respond or even later in life, how we just unconsciously respond to things. But we can take control back now by looking at you know the bigger picture and and like you did you know going down that that research of yourself and and figuring out what was going on i find it really fascinating
1: yeah i think i think a lot of people um like i said they're really bristled by this idea of the stress and infertility connection but it's really challenging to address this. A lot of my clients are really resistant to addressing this area of their health and wellness. For them, it's a lot easier to consider changing their diet, taking a mm-hmm. supplement, you know, maybe doing a meditation as opposed to, oh, I need to dig around in what I call the emotions box, You know, really dig into what makes me tick as a person, what things are causing these deeply ingrained patterns of stress that are throwing off hormones, that are triggering my immune system to respond in an unhealthy way. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about some of the specifics of like what happens to our immunity and what happens to our hormones. If you're interested in that, we can definitely go there.
0: Yeah. You know, because when you said at the start about the hypervigilance, which is our like fight or flight response, isn't it? You know, and we're on alert all the time when actually mm-hmm. that's only needed some of the time in, in truth. Right. Um, But when that hypervigilance is going on and the messages are being sent down our body that we need to act or react in a certain way, it's bound to cause an imbalance um, and stress the body and prioritize things in a different way, I would imagine. So, yeah, I would love to know what is actually going on, you know, hidden inside our body when we're in that hypervigilant state.
1: Yeah. I mean, lots of things, but I'll just talk about some of the key ones that I discuss with my clients a lot that I think are are easier for people to make the connection on. So one thing is obviously cortisol. I think most people are familiar with cortisol as one of our primary stress hormones. And when we're in that hypervigilant fight or flight type of state where everything, everything external sort of feels like a threat. Um, And even if you don't feel that sense of mental tension, like, oh, I'm so stressed because I'm busy today. A lot of that can be happening under the surface on a physiological level. And that can be programmed, like I said, from past trauma, etc. So when our cortisol is elevated, it has Um, A specific impact on the immune system that turns up one arm of the immune system and turns down the other arm. So you're turning down your Th1 immunity, which is our cellular immunity, our ability to respond to pathogens, infections, invaders. And I'm sure many functional medicine health podcasts and holistic health podcasts have talked about the impact of things like parasites or fungal infections, bacterial infections, things that are chronic, you know, Lyme, Epstein-Barr virus, things like that, that can impact the immune system, impact inflammation levels that can reduce the, the potential for conception. Um, So that's one thing that happens. The other thing that happens is that the Th2 arm of the immunity, which is more of like your itchy, sneezy, wheezy, food sensitivity type of reactions, like acute inflammatory reactions, that gets turned up. So a lot of people that come to see me are experiencing this imbalance in Th1 and Th2. And they have a lot of chronic infections. Sometimes they've been through multiple different types of gut protocols to kill off parasites or pathogens, and they continue to struggle with the same symptoms and continue to test positive for things. And a lot of those people are also experiencing a significant amount of food and environmental reactivity that's causing a lot of inflammation, Uh, and a lot of different symptoms. And that specifically affects hormones. It affects oxidative stress. So that affects egg quality and sperm quality if we're talking about a male partner. Um, So cortisol's impact and that stress impact definitely affects the immune system. You're also getting an effect uh, of cortisol that's gonna impact directly your hormone function. So this can often impact progesterone, lowering progesterone. In some cases, it can also lower estrogen. Um, when we're experiencing this constant sense of threat, we can go into this. It's really a metabolic adaptation, but your mitochondria, their function changes. And we call this cell danger response. And this is complicated. I'm planning to do a podcast about this myself, but there's a lot of different moving parts to this cell danger response, but essentially our mitochondria adapt in, in a way that they're sensing threat and they're responding to threat instead of actually producing energy for us. And as we know, egg and egg cells in particular have a ton of mitochondria. They're some of the cells that contain the most mitochondria and that energy production is essential for development and maturation uh, so that you can fertilize appropriately and have the correct chromosomal lineup and the ability of, of a fertilized egg to develop into an embryo. A lot of that is dependent on mitochondria. So when we're stressed and we enter into this cell danger response, our mitochondria are no longer prioritizing energy production. Um, And, One Another thing that mitochondria do is they actually contribute to our estrogen production. So I see a lot of clients with this bizarre phenomenon when I'm doing hormone testing, they actually have low estrogen levels, sometimes throughout the entire cycle, and yet their progesterone looks fine. And so they seem fine in the luteal phase, you know, like everybody focuses on low progesterone um, and elevated estrogen. Not a lot of people are focusing on low estrogen levels or a low overall hormone presentation. But I see this a lot in clients that have these chronic stressors and chronic infections and all of this stuff going on, their estrogen production is low. And a lot of that has to do with this mitochondrial adaptation to stress and threat in the environment.
0: That's fascinating. And what I can hear from you is that there's there's a lot of things that can be obvious and seen from the outside like you said whether that's food sensitivities or whatever or that that hormone imbalance but it is the digging down isn't it to try and figure out well why is this happening um rather than just looking at the symptom you know phase that that then you can really get to the core of it which is you know where you you began didn't you by going down that research rabbit hole and, and getting really interested in what's going on in the body.
1: Yeah. And getting really interested in the connection between the mind and the body, understanding mm. that those things aren't separate. I think that's, that's such a mistake in that we have committed in medicine, you know, and conventional medicine, especially, but that's trickled down into, you know, the functional and holistic side as well. This idea of the separateness of the mind and the body, but truly I mean, the mind, what we think, what we experience, the emotions that we feel that directs our nervous system to direct the rest of our body systems to behave in a certain way. And if we're constantly sensing threats or we're constantly feeling that sense of like hypervigilance or our bodies are experiencing that on a physiological level, we're not gonna function optimally. All of our systems are gonna be affected. And often the result of that happens to be trouble conceiving. Sometimes it's other things. Many times it's chronic illness and many different types of chronic illness, pretty much all types of chronic illness are affected by stress, trauma, nervous system, hypervigilance. It's just not something that's being addressed efficiently and sufficiently. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You still feel a bit like an outlier. Don't you? If you say actually the mind and body are one, we can't separate them. You know, we've got a way to go. Haven't we to really see that as truly integrated when, um, you know, you've got all this knowledge and understanding, like you said, you can do testing and find out what's going on with your clients. What do you do then? I mean, you mentioned how the first approach that you found was time intensive, you know, having to find that hour a day to reprogram the brain. Um, What have you discovered now that works for you and that you've passed on to your clients ways to rebalance and, you know, calm the nervous system?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different strategies that I recommend and to be honest, there's so many things out there that are potentially helpful and different clients are going to resonate with different things. So, I normally give my clients options. You know, when I write the stress and mind body management section of protocols for clients, I do give them a list of things. And sometimes I'll recommend something very specific for a client based on what I'm hearing from them, what their history is. But if I'm sensing there's an overall need to reduce stress, reprogram the nervous system, calm that sense of hypervigilance, you know, I'm recommending things like meditation. That's one of the most basic meditation and mindfulness activities. And that's a really good way to reestablish that sense of like, you know, peaceful, relaxed attention. And that's something that's really missing when the nervous system is super hyper-vigilant. But a lot of my very stressed-out clients, including myself at the beginning, really struggled with meditation. They didn't have the ability to sit quietly. They were so, you know, programmed to be doing something all the time. And they had a really hard time just like sitting quietly in that meditative space. And so a lot of times what I'm recommending now are things like yoga and breath work, which you know combine movement and breath to help balance that autonomic nervous system response, which is, you know, creates that fight or flight versus the rest and digest. So the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic arms of the autonomic nervous system, yoga and breathwork are amazing for that. Um, I'm also recommending a lot more often now vagal toning exercises. So, the vagus nerve is a key piece in our ability to regulate that stress response, the ability to respond sympathetically with fight or flight when we need to, but also the ability to come back to balance with that parasympathetic response when we need to. So, vagal toning exercises, there's a whole thing around polyvagal theory that I've been looking into recently that's also fascinating. Um, But that vagus nerve is a key piece, and we can lose with, with chronic stress over time, we can lose the tone in that vagus nerve. And not only does that affect our stress response, but it also affects things like digestion and detoxification and our hormones and the ability for the brain to communicate directly with other organ systems is partly dependent on that vagus nerve. So increasing the tone of that and our ability to both respond sympathetically and get back to parasympathetic is pretty key. And a lot of those things are simple things like cold water therapy, you know, switching between hot and cold at the end of a shower just takes a couple of minutes. Dry skin brushing can stimulate the vagus nerve singing or humming, gargling. Um, There's all kinds of somatic therapies that you can do to work on vagal toning. Um, And then some other things that I recommend are I mentioned earlier that I'm trained in MAP method, and that is advanced neural retraining. And I'll often recommend this for clients that are really stuck in that hypervigilant state, experiencing a lot of anxiety. They may have some past emotional trauma. Now I'm not a trauma therapist or, you know, a licensed mental health practitioner. And as we're not treating like We're not treating somebody for a particular mental health condition. We're not treating anxiety. We're not treating depression. Um, We're not treating trauma. What we're doing is we're helping rewire the brain so that we can reduce stress so that we can reduce the burden of these issues for this person. Um, and we can speak directly to the person's subconscious, or as we call it in MAP, superconscious. This is not hypnosis. So the person is awake the entire time. I actually have an episode about this on my podcast on Mastering Your Fertility, kind of explaining MAP method. I interview one of the practitioners I saw in the beginning before I was trained, but this is a really great way. To start to reprogram the brain, reprogram some of those stress triggers, some of those behavior patterns, some of those deeply ingrained stress patterns that cause this response in the body. And people report much better, not only physical health, but mental health um, and emotional health. So that's another thing that I, that I recommend. I also recommend EFT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I do recommend EFT. I'm not trained to help you know, to coach clients in that, but I do give them resources and you're another wonderful resource that I can recommend for that. So a variety of different tools and just depending on the person, you know, I might recommend different things.
0: That's key, isn't it really? Because when you said at the start, you know, that the first kind of solution that was presented to you just did not fit in to your busyness and, you know, you couldn't imagine giving yourself that full hour of focus every day. Whereas all these different techniques you're talking about potentially could take more than an hour a day, really, if you're doing a bit of yoga and breath work and you're, you know, cold water showering and dry skin brushing, you know, there's lots of different aspects that people could do, but so much more, I don't know what the word really, it's like enjoyable everyday things that feel like self-care, you know, it's not having to sit down and study something, you know, dry for an hour or something, it's, it makes it more enjoyable to do it. So do you find that, If you find the right approach and you give people this kind of pick and mix of things to choose from, they're much more likely then to take it on and stick to it, because that's key, isn't it? When you're looking to retrain and rewire your brain, it's not like a one time thing, I would imagine, you know, it's something they need to do routinely for a period of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's challenging to change Mm -hmm. a routine. It's challenging to incorporate some of these things. And, you know, a lot of clients, especially when it comes to their health and fertility, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of health anxiety going on. There's a lot of, is this going to happen for me? And sometimes that anxiety, um, it interferes with that ability to feel like you want to care for yourself or to make the positive changes in other areas. So, I like, like diet and supplements and exercise and things like that. So I find that this is a helpful thing to implement first. When there's too many things to focus on, you have too many routine changes that you're trying to implement at once for some clients. I'll just say, you know what? I really want you to focus on the nervous system piece. I'm going to give you these other recommendations and you get to those when you're ready to get to those. But for some clients, that's the first thing we need to do. We need to turn down that stress, turn down that anxiety. And that actually increases change readiness for clients and other areas, they feel more relaxed. They feel more able to take on some of these other routine changes, but it is challenging to implement new routines in all aspects of health and wellness. But I think in particular, this self-care aspect and especially the self-care aspect for women or people who identify as women.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I often have people come to me and they're, they're kind of intrigued with EFT and they know they need something to help with stress but they're also worried about taking on something else they're like I'm already Mm -hmm. overwhelmed I'm already doing so much for my fertility should I really be taking on another thing but you're right if we use something that is effective that can calm stress and calm the nervous system it creates space doesn't it and ability and energy you know to to take on the other things or to look at things more clearly should we say as well and you know and consult with someone like yourself and be you know wise about the things that they're doing and let go of what they don't need to but have the 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 headspace the energy to then focus on the parts of self-care and changing their health and whatever else that will support their fertility so yeah a really important first step I I totally agree with you there it it can be completely game-changing can't it once you you have more control and knowledge and connection with your mind and the the impact it's having on your body
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I love so much about MAP is that clients show up to their appointments and there's really, there's not homework for them. Sometimes it, you know, if like emotions come up after a session, you know, I might recommend somebody to journal or take some time alone to process and breathe through whatever comes up for them. But in general, we're doing the majority of the work in the session. So they show up for the session and then We do the work inside the session and there's not a lot of like daily homework that they have to do. Now, that's not to say that I don't recommend that clients be more conscious in their daily lives. Certainly that's a benefit and that helps identify some of the things that we we might want to work on in a MAP session. For example, knowing exactly what we want a specific focus of a session to be comes partly from being conscious and aware of what our stressors are, what's going on in our bodies, what's going on in our lives, what patterns are impacting how we behave and Think on a daily basis. Um, And increasing consciousness is something that I'll often assign books to people for. So there's a a wonderful book that I've been recommending recently. It's called How to Do the Work. It's by Dr. Nicole Lapera. And she uh, goes on Instagram by the holistic psychologist. Some of your listeners may have heard of her. I know. Uh, Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Yeah,
1: and She like is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've read her book, How to Do the Work is an incredible book. It's really a roadmap for people to start to uncover some of their patterns, their belief systems, some of the, the past traumas, both big and small, if you will. I, I hate kind of labeling trauma that way, but, you know, there are kind of degrees and it is a spectrum. And so helping people understand what some of those things are that might be driving their current behavior and stopping them from getting the results that they want in their lives And when I say the results they want in their lives, that could be physical, it could be mental, the mental could be affecting the physical, um, it's all tied together, we can't separate those things.
0: Yeah, her book has been on my to to read list for a long time. And yeah, I'm definitely going to put it right to the top. Now you've reminded me. (laughs) All right. You know, this is so important, isn't it? It's that getting to know yourself. And understand yourself and be okay with that, because like you say it can feel like a place of blame, and it can put a barrier up between yourself and that knowledge, Um, and just wanting like the easier apparent options of take some supplements or change your diet or whatever and, and just shortcut it that way but actually this is where. The important work needs to be done it's the the core of who we are isn't it and the more we can know about ourselves well it just empowers us endlessly and in more areas than our fertility as well I can imagine that with your clients when they're taking on all these different um approaches with you and doing the work that they start to see benefits would they before they even improve their fertility or conceive their baby I mean they're quite um, noticeable benefits that come out of this work aren't there
1: Absolutely. There are definitely noticeable benefits. And I see a lot of clients that have concurrent mental and emotional health issues that they're dealing with. I would probably say at least a quarter of my clients come to me with diagnosed anxiety. And, yeah. you know, that's definitely something that we can work on improving. And it, it, like I said before, it helps increase the change readiness for other positive changes that might have a bigger impact on fertility. It's hard to quantify exactly when you're working on the the mind body connection, you're working on diet, you're working on exercise, you're working on supplements, and somebody does conceive or experiences a huge benefit in their health. You're doing all those things at once. You can't exactly put a percentage on which thing contributed how much to that outcome. Um, but, you know, that's. I think that also highlights the fact that we are not just one thing when it comes to our health. We're not only stressed or only nutrient deficient or, you know, only struggling with our exercise. Those things all impact our health. Um, They all need to be addressed in some way. Uh, But for me, what I'm noticing is just that that nervous system piece is bigger than I ever could have imagined it would be. I was already doing well with clients, helping them more from the physiological perspective, but those tough clients, man, those are the ones Mm -hmm. that... Those are the ones that really need this nervous system work. And as I have implemented that more with tough clients, I'm seeing more of the benefit for kind of my average clients that don't necessarily come to me with a bunch of complex health issues, but stress and nervous system dysfunction are still impacting them. It's still impacting the hormonal picture, or it might just be impacting where they're going to find space to put a baby in their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it can show up in so many different ways. And especially in today's world where we are surrounded by potential stressors everywhere. Um, I think everyone's feeling more under pressure than ever in the last couple of years as well, that it makes sense that even if you feel like, you know, you're relaxed and you have good self-care and that doesn't seem to be the main trigger for you and maybe the main reason that you're having fertility problems, it still makes sense to to kind of do a spring clean, doesn't it? You know, and, and do that work and figure out, you know, what could be lying there waiting to be triggered or is already causing subconscious issues.
1: Right. And it's about Mm. long-term health as well, because we know that that stress and nervous system dysfunction, whatever the impact is today, it's only going to increase, right. As we go forward. So the ability to have longevity and not just longevity, but thriving longevity, Mm. you know, the ability to feel good mentally, emotionally, and physically into our later years, the ability to be there the way we want to as parents for our children. And I mean, I think I need to mention this because we were talking at the beginning about, you know, raising healthy, well-adjusted children. I think that addressing your mental and emotional burdens, these things that impact you, that drive behavior in your own life, these are things that your children learn from you. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if you're experiencing depression and anxiety and you have a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors or unhealthy patterns or emotional trauma or baggage, those things get those those things are passed down generationally. And I look at my own family and I can see where a lot of my patterns come from. You know, I was programmed that way and and have sort of this hypervigilant nervous system because I was raised in a family where that was normal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if it feels if it feels kind of self-indulgent to do this work for yourself, which it shouldn't, um, yeah, looking ahead and thinking, actually, this is preparing me to be the best parent I can be, if and when that happens, is, is another motivator, isn't it, for sure? Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Christine. You've shared a huge amount of information.
1: <laughs> I'm in really a pleased, short period of time. Yeah, really, I'm really <laughs> interesting,
0: And it's kind of got my brain firing in all directions. And I'm sure our listeners as well. Um, is there one step? Because I can imagine there's quite a lot to take on as well. But you talked about working, you know, with the, the nervous system and calming that as a first step when people come to work with you before taking on other things. Mm-hmm. Is there one thing you could tell our listeners today, like one direction to move in or thing to, to do that could be a first step towards this work.
1: I would really just start increasing awareness. I would really start noticing what things you react to, how you react to them, start noticing your behaviors. Um, Holistic psychologist talks about getting off of autopilot. And I think that's a, a really wonderful suggestion. It can be difficult, but like starting to live your day a little bit more consciously, being aware of what thoughts you're experiencing, what patterns you're reliving, what emotions are coming up on a regular basis. How conscious are you during the day? How many things are happening in the background on autopilot that might be causing this sort of physiological stress that that you're not aware of, that you can't feel in your body at a cellular level. Um, and honestly, I would highly recommend reading her book. And it's like a shameless plug for somebody else's work. But um, that book is amazing. How to do the work, Dr. Nicole Pera. I feel like that is kind of a, a first step for people to sort of understand some of these underlying traumas and patterns that are affecting that nervous system programming. And once we can understand some of those things, then we have a, a better basis to work from for EFT, for MAP, for whatever you're doing to help reduce some of that stress and trauma and regulate the nervous system, even from the, you know, somatic therapies and things that don't require talking or, you know, require investigating on a, on a mental level. I still think it can be helpful to start to address some of things of these things, be aware of them more consciously. And and that gives us a better basis to work from. So increasing consciousness, maybe reading a couple of books, understanding how you show up for yourself, how you show up in the world, how you show up in your relationships, I think is a good first step to understanding what kind of healing work you need to do in these areas.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. i as well as all your details and your contact details, I will put that book in the show notes as well. <laughs> so we can awesome. easily go and check that out. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Kristin? Where's the best place to find you?
1: My website, tinyfeet.co. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. I'm not super active on there, but there's a ton of great content on there that can also, um, help direct the journey. I'm also on my own podcast at Mastering Your Fertility, um, which you can find on Apple podcast, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast
0: wonderful thank you so much it's been a fascinating conversation thank you for sharing
1: Kristin. absolutely thank you for having me sarah
0: i'm so pleased you're listening to the fertile mindset podcast and now i would love to invite you to join us in the fertile mindset sanctuary the sanctuary is my fertility support membership which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby In the Sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the Sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them go to fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset podcast.